Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm guessing that some of you have probably found Drew. Um, if you're not a part of our Facebook family, you didn't get that. Drew is the drummer boy I held up last week. And uh, if you found Drew, I hope you've taken pictures of him and uh, have fun with that. Amen? It's good to have fun. Well, three of you like to have fun. The rest of you, I don't know what to tell you. Because, man, we like to have fun. And so uh, it's good to have a good time. Amen? Joy is good. We're going to talk about Christmas joy today. Luke chapter 2 is where we're heading. And today, as, as I read the scripture text, I've asked for Andy and Jessica Ingram with uh, their children, Andrew and Dylan, to come. They're going to light our third Advent candle for us uh, today as I read the text. That's in Luke chapter 2, reading in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave, him, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And this morning we're going to talk about this idea of Christmas joy. There's a passage in that, there's a verse in that that says that I will... There will be good news that will cause great joy, great joy. Well, there's a couple things I want to hit on today about this joy factor, and that's the first one is this, joy is not based on circumstances, because we get this total weird picture. I mentioned this in youth on on Tuesday night. We get this really demented picture, not maybe not demented, but we get this crazy picture that the manger scene was this beautiful little thing. We've got the angel, and Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. No crying he made, right? We had that whole picture of, of what this was, but let me just tell you, the circumstances around this night was chaos. First of all, they are asked by the Roman governor, actually decreed by the Roman governor, to go where they're from, so that they can issue to be taxed. How many of you love paying taxes? So Jesus didn't really come December 25th. He came April 15th, right? 
tax day. So everything is, is crazy, and then now they have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They're not from Nazareth. They're from Bethlehem. And so they had to go back to their, their native place where they were born. And, and how many of you know that's not just a hop, skip, and a jump? That's about the equivalent of being from here to Columbus, Ohio. And for us, that's not a big deal, right? You get in your car, hour and a half. Man, you're there. But when you're hoofing it, that's a big deal. Not only are you hoofing it and paying taxes, but you've got a nine-month pregnant lady who's hoofing it on the back of a donkey. Now, I don't know about you, but I have ridden on horses. I've never ridden on a donkey. I've ridden on a horse one time. It was on an excursion. We were, we were on a, a boat trip, a cruise, and, and we got ride horses on the beach, right? And so there were a lot of people that were a lot more excited about that than I was, but that's okay. I'm in. So we get on the horse, and, and first of all, they strap you down with this helmet and shoulder pads and knee braces. And Okay, it wasn't quite that bad, but it felt like it. And, and they've got these horses, and they're all lined up, and they've pretty much got the horses where when one goes, they kind of follow one another. There's not a whole lot that you're really doing. It's not really like driving it on the trail or anything like that. It's pretty much a step up from the merry-go-round at Walmart. Okay, so I don't want you to have this. Thing. It was a real horse. I was riding a real horse, so that counts, right? And one thing I noticed about a horse when I was riding is this. When I'm riding the horse and we're just kind of going, it's kind of like. Back and forth, right? I couldn't imagine being nine months pregnant doing this, right? All of a sudden, my wife's horse, my wife was in the horse in front of me, and it decided it didn't want to go as fast as the rest of the group. So it starts to slow down. Well, that's fine and dandy, but the people behind us, the, the tour guide people, didn't want that. They wanted all the horses to be together. So they run up to my wife's horse and go, hah, 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 whatever they do, blow the whistle, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, that horse takes off. Well, then my horse says, well, if they win, I got to go. So the next thing we know, we're not doing this. We're going, <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? Time out. Stop. You didn't protect me. You didn't give me enough gear for this right? Imagine doing that for a hundred miles, roughly, being nine months pregnant. And here's the other thing that, that we don't think about. Joseph probably had to stop at every rest stop between Nazareth and <laughs> Bethlehem. The ladies that have had children say Amen. So now they're on this journey, they're on this travel, and because they probably had to make so many stops and have so much stuff, and they, they get to town late, and all the rooms are booked. They go from one end to the other, knocking on the door. Hey, you got any room? No, man, we ain't got no room. No vacancies. Nothing. Why? Because everybody who was from Bethlehem originally had to come back to Bethlehem to register to be taxed. And so there's no room. It's a chaotic night. The, the, the inn that they probably knocked on, the last one they came to, they said this, and the innkeeper has compassion. He says, you know what? I, I don't have one room available. What, what I do have is I've got a place out in, in the barn. And, you know, we think of a barn like a big red building, you know, a little shack. Actually, this is even um, quite a bit extravagant. 
for what a barn would have been. Because typically in those days, a barn was a cave that was kind of hollowed out in the rocks, and, and that's where they would store the animals, and they would put the animals in this cave, and, and that would kind of get them to keep them out of the weather. And so they say, okay, we'll take it. They take them down to the manger, the stable, the barn, and they try to get comfortable. And the whole time, Mary is praying one prayer. And you got to guess, ladies, what this was? Dear God, not here. Right? Because everybody else, mom, all her family were 100 miles away. It's just her and Joseph in this place, and they're probably thinking, what in the world are we going to do? I want you to catch the chaos of the night, because it's not just the little picture that we paint. It's not just the little thing that happens. Joy is not based on our circumstances. And if you were to look about this, this scene, this first Christmas scene, it would have been anything but peaceful. It would have been anything but um, a, a wonderful just whoo, experience. It would have been chaos. Because as she's in this stable, the co- time comes for the baby to be born. And we sing that song, Silent Night. There was nothing silent about that night. I can almost guarantee you. Because as, there, there are, as this baby is being born, Mary's probably screaming, which makes the horses and all the stuff, camels scream. When you've got a ruckus going on down there, and Joseph is fighting for his life. Right? Honey, you're going to be okay. Push. Oh, I see. The, oh, it's going to be all right. This is the son of God. Come on, baby. You got this. You know, he's got his catcher's mitt. He's ready to go crazy. Crazy night. To make it more crazy, there's no, and and the other thing I think we misinterpret is the fact that we think, man, there was no neon sign that said, Jesus is born here. Come and see, right? Right here. Son of God, Messiah, Savior of the world, right here. Come and see him. No, there were probably about 12 people in this story. About 12. And you count the shepherds and the two prophets, Joseph and Mary and the innkeeper. So you stop to think about it, what kind of night this was. And then all of a sudden, here's what else happens. The shepherds are out in the field, right? Just doing their shepherd thing, watching sheep. Shepherds were the lowest of the low on the social status. They were not accepted as, they, didn't, they weren't invited to too many parties. Let's just say that. They were pretty low. And the angel of the Lord appears to them. And, you, and sometimes we read that scripture and we just kind of think, the angel of the Lord appeared. Wow, that must have been an awesome thing. You have to understand. In your Bible, after you turn the page on Malachi, you'll come to something. You'll come to a blank page. Kind of looks like this. It's the page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know what this page represents? This page represents 400 years. 400 years that there was not a prophet 
400 years, there was no revelation from God. 400 years that were silent. God was silent. He didn't speak at all for 400 years. So you look at these shepherds in this story, and, and you kind of understand a little bit when the when angel came, they had no idea what in the world is happening. Because you see, they had no context for that in their life. It would have been one of those things where, hey, has, has, have you ever heard from God? Have you ever heard a voice of the Lord? Have you ever had a prophet? Have you ever had anybody come and tell you about Yahweh? Other than the priest who did religious things, they'd never heard a voice from the Lord. Has your dad ever heard anything? No. How about grandpa? No. Great-grandpa? No. None of these folks had ever heard anything. There were 400 silent years, and then God breaks the silence with a baby crying in a manger. That was going to be good news of great joy. The shepherds are out in the field, and the angel comes up to them, and they were terrified. And I don't know if the angel was six foot two or 62 feet. I, I don't know. But I don't know about you, but if an angel showed up and looked like that, I'd probably be a little terrified too. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'd probably be a little scared myself. And you stop to think about that, and the angel says, the thing that angels usually say, don't be afraid, right? Don't fear, fear not. And he tells them this wonderful thing. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That's the good news. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And then after he, the angel says that, suddenly a great company of angels join in, and they start this heavenly choir. What a sight that would have been. And these shepherds look at one another, and they kind of have this aha moment, I guess. And they said, you know, we should probably go check that out. I think the sheep will be all right. I think we ought to go check that out. And so they're on their way to the manger, and Mary and Joseph, Mary's just given birth, and, and Jesus is there, and, and uh, you know, I know how my wife felt after she gave birth, so, and she had epidurals. Mary had a stable. Keep that in mind. And these angels come, not these angels, these shepherds come, sorry. These shepherds come and, and they want to they, they see what the angels were talking about. And, and I can just see this. Can't you see this? Come on, moms, you can see this. You can see that Jesus is laying there in a the manger because that's where they placed him. The Bible says they placed him there. And, and all of a sudden these shepherds come and, and Mary's looking at these shepherds thinking, uh-oh. These boys are dirty. They smell like sheep. They're stinky. They're the lowest of the class on the social class. And they're the ones that show up at the manger. And I can just see Joseph and Mary looking at one another. And kind of looking down at Jesus and looking at the shepherds. 
and say, okay, guys, he's got a bubble, a five-foot bubble. Everybody stay out of his bubble, right? You guys stay over there. You admire him from afar. Not a fire, afar. Had to clarify that for some. He's in the manger. The shepherds are coming. And, and what, an, what an amazing night this would have been. But what a crazy night this would have been. Would have been hard, don't you think? To have a, a son, God's son, in the barn. Good news of great joy. See, the crazy thing is, it wasn't about the place. It wasn't even about the night. It was about the baby. So many times we want to take our, our Christian experience, we want to take our, our life, and, and we base everything upon our circumstances. Oh, I feel like doing this, or I feel like doing that. I'm going to tell you, your feelings are going to let you down. Your happiness is circumstantial. It's only built on the things that surround you. If you're thinking that all the time you're going to be happy in this walk with Jesus, you're mistaken. But you can have joy. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is different than happiness. There are times that I've, when I've served the Lord that I haven't been very happy about it, but I found joy in my heart. Why haven't you been happy? Hasn't been serving God just been this all peaches and cream, all, a, a, excitement kind of deal? Maybe for you, but it hasn't always been that for me. There's been some tough times. Why have there been tough times? Why do you experience tough times? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. For me, I experience tough times because I'm an idiot. I'm assuming he's talking about himself, not, not me. I, I experience sometimes because I need to grow. I need to get past something in my life. I need to get to the place where I know that God has worked on me enough. And sometimes when he puts me on the potter's wheel, sometimes when he takes my life and he puts me through circumstances, it's not always fun. It's not always making me happy. But I know that what happens is the end product means that my joy becomes complete. My life becomes more complete in him as I allow him to work on that. Some people today, you have based your Christianity, you have based your walk with God completely on your circumstances, how you feel. Your feelings will let you down. Your feelings will confuse you, and you'll say, wow, I'm feeling pretty good today. I don't need to read my Bible. I'm feeling pretty good today. Everything is going awesome. My kids are good. Everything is going great. I don't need to this. And maybe you're here today and man, you got that promotion and everything's going awesome. Your high school graduate just won the Nobel Peace Prize. And everything is just amazing. Probably the rest of us would say Merry Christmas. Maybe you're here today. And this is your first Christmas that you've got that diagnosis of cancer. Maybe you're here today and, and you're sharing that first Christmas with that newborn baby. 
Oh, it's so awesome, man. First Christmas with the baby. They don't know what in the world's going on, but you just scoot over them like they do. Remember we had Cameron, he couldn't barely even crawl. His first, Caitlin was only about a month old her first Christmas. Caitlin didn't know nothing was going on. Like, feed me. I don't care. Feed me. Change me. Right? That first experience. You buy all the Christmas ornaments, baby's first Christmas. Right? Maybe you're here today and it's the first Christmas that you've had since you've lost someone special. Maybe it's the first Christmas that you've had since you've been married. Oh, I remember that. My mom went to a yard sale and bought us the scrawniest tree she could find. One step up from Charlie Brown. And we had that tree for probably 12 years. And she gave us all the ornaments she didn't want. We began to decorate our tree and put lights on it. And I remember that. That was an awesome day. Now we're trying to get our kids to help us decorate the tree, and they want no part of it. <laughs> Maybe you're here today, and this is the first Christmas that you're celebrating where that special someone left you. You see, all of us in this room have different circumstances. All of us in this room have different things that we... We, we are dealing with right now. But if you allow those circumstances to be the barometer on your walk with God, if you allow those circumstances to determine whether or not you grow in your walk with God, I'm telling you today, you will not grow. Because feelings fade. But joy is found in Christ. I give you good news of great joy. What was the great joy? The great joy was the next verse. A Savior, the Messiah, has been born to you. He will save their people from their sins. The Savior is the joy. So today, maybe you're finding yourself wrapped up in circumstantial things. I want to challenge you. Find the Savior. Find the Savior. He brings great joy. Jesus is the joy. The Bible says this in different places. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you look at Philippians chapter 4, it says for us to do this, to rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, sometimes we think that that means, woo, rejoice happy but what that means is in my heart rejoice in the Lord always even in the difficult seasons even in the difficult times I have got to have joy in my heart and when I do that he goes on to say this let your gentleness be evident to the all the Lord is near don't be anxious about anything don't let your feelings get involved about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving make your request to God and the peace of God we're going to talk about that next week the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds that joy will not only be something that is found in the good times 
You will find it in the difficult times. You will find the ability to say, no matter what happens today, I have chosen. I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve God. The devil can take my life. He can take my job. He can take whatever he wants. No matter what happens, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Give God praise. That's where joy is found. That's where comfort is found. We talk about this Christmas story as being one of comfort and joy. We sing about that. Comfort and joy is only found whenever you allow God to have every circumstance in every part of your life. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situations you find yourself in, my joy comes from Him. If you'll notice the fruit of the Spirit, there's no happiness involved. There's no happiness in the fruit of the Spirit. It's not love, happiness, peace, joy. It's not. It's love, joy, peace. Why? Because joy becomes part of us. Just like love, just like patience, just like gentleness, just like self-control. And it grows inside of us. And that fruit that it bears is because of our walk with God. And so today, the challenge is this. Yeah, that night, man, that was a crazy night. It was more than just coming to the manger. It was more than just what we kind of paint that picture to be. It was a crazy night, chaotic night. But in the middle of that night, there was good news of great joy. And maybe you're here today and your circumstances that you're in right now are chaotic. They're a little crazy. And you can't find that joy that's in your heart. You're having a hard time finding that. Sometimes we base all of our walk with God on our feelings and today you've kind of done that. And you be honest with yourself and with God and say, God, I need joy. Maybe I mentioned one of the things that you're struggling with, or maybe it's something totally different than what I mentioned, but maybe you're here today, and you're like, you know what? I need the joy of the Lord. Would you bow your heads this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your Son and as the angels pronounced to the shepherds, you sent him, this was good news of great joy, that a Savior was going to be born. That God, you no longer were going to have separation from us. We, didn't, we no longer had to do the ritualistic things of the Old Testament as far as our sacrifice for atonement are concerned. But your son was going to pay the price once and for all. Because you wanted relationship with us. That was the good news of great joy. That a Savior was born to us. Not just a Savior who would pay the price. But a Savior who wants to live in us. A Holy Spirit that wants to envelop us. And to cause us to grow. And there's where great joy. Where we count it all joy when we face trials. We count it joy. When difficult seasons come. Father, tonight, today, maybe there's some that are facing difficult seasons in their life. 
and it's not been a sign of great joy for them. They're in the midst of chaos today, Lord. Whether that means that there's bills that have to be paid that are past due, whether that means all the things that are coming, the, the, the diagnosis, the relation, broken relationships, whatever the case may be, their, their manger scene, their, their thought process is chaotic too today, God. But in the midst of that chaos, you gave good news that brings great joy to all people. So Lord, today I pray, let the joy of the Lord be the strength and meet them, Lord, today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're here this morning and you'd be honest, man. You'd be straight up honest. Your circumstances are not good and you've had a hard time finding joy. This has been a tough Christmas season for you. You've not wanted to celebrate. You've not wanted to, to turn on Christmas music or anything like that. You've, you've kind of wanted to... St- it to all just go away because maybe this has not been, maybe this is your first Christmas that you're dealing with loss or you're dealing with hurt or you're dealing with separation or you're dealing with pain. Today, I want you to find good news of great joy. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand? Pastor, would you remember me in this prayer? Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you, thank you. Yes, praise God. Praise God. Good news, great joy. Good news of great joy. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet this morning? morning, here's what I'd like for us to do. If you raise your hand and you meant business with the Lord, I, I, I want to invite you just to come. We want to pray with you this morning. We just want to surround you because joy is by the only person that can give joy is, is the Holy Spirit. God's the only one that can do that. And today, we just want to pray with you and, and unite with you as the body of Christ that we're in this together. And so as we sing this song, I want to invite you to come.